It's time for the sports show for guys who know sports. Texarkana's longest-running sports talk show. Leaving the Yard on 107.9 The Fan. Oh my goodness gracious, this thing still works. Good afternoon, leaving the yard. Chuck Zach coming to you live this afternoon, and not just, not just on 107.9, but for the first time ever, we are live as well on 105.9 ESPN Radio, and uh, we have lots to talk about concerning that as we go through the uh, program today. But before we get started, you really can't see my face, because if you're on Facebook, uh, we have such big name guests today that I've decided to just take myself right out of the uh, the image here, because uh, to the right of what you're looking at, for those who are watching on Facebook, you're seeing uh, a familiar face. Dodger Danny's hanging out with us again today. Nice to see you, sir. Great to be here. Nice, nice to see you. Uh, nice L.A. shirt. Nice L.A. Yeah. Uh, World Series uh, champion. Oh, no, this what's is that? a kid, you know. Pl- oh, wait. <laughs> Now nah, this is this is repping my my son's travel team. Just happens yeah. to be in just Dodger, happens Blue. To be Dodger Blue. Yeah, right? exactly. it works well. It's a good uh, coincidence. That's right. And to the left, making his uh, long-awaited, much anticipated, highly debated radio slash uh, Facebook uh, live debut is Longhorn Lance. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time we caught him to get him get him down here. For years, we've been having this conversation, because we all work together over at Texas High, about getting uh, Mr. Kyles in here to uh, discuss, banty about, because he is a man who is a a lover of all things Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, and even more importantly, all things Burnt Orange and the Texas Longhorns. Am I missing anything in your loves? Was that your two passions right there? Uh, when the Rangers are doing good, I support them. When the Mavericks are doing well, I support them. When also. they're doing well. So when they stink, you re- basically yeah. disassociate yourself from yeah. them. T-shirt fan, yeah. Okay. But but never the Cowboys or Longhorns. No matter what. I'm no, ride or you're, die, you're Cowboys and Longhorns. Bleeding Cowboy blue or, even, or burnt orange. Yeah, even after those last three plays last night. I'm oh, still, he's jumping <laughs> he's right in. going in. Uh-oh. We're, we're in fast <laughs> and moving in a hurry. So the uh, semifinal. Final game last night, Longhorns and the uh, Huskies, who met last year in a bowl game. Yep. Who a year ago when we sat here and got ready for that one, Tony Kirk said, this is a terrible matchup for the Longhorns. Hated the matchup with Washington last year. Lance, did you feel like that was the same thing this year, bad matchup? Yeah, uh, totally. I was more anticipating like if we were playing Alabama or uh, Michigan that maybe, you know, their quarterback would make a mistake or something. But I just knew Penix was going to come in there and just uh, light us up. And he did. He lit us very well up. <laughs> for, for, for those who didn't pay attention, of course, uh, one of the Longhorns starting secondary guys had to sit a half because of a problem in the, the last game targeting. Yeah, he that, had a targeting that Texas had played. Half. So he didn't get to start the game. And it looked pretty obvious, it felt to me, like the secondary was a little shorthanded. Same thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, that first long play that they, uh, you know, got on us, it, the safety that went up to make the tackle, you know, he gave a half-hearted effort. And, uh, you know, I think we did a little – no, I shouldn't say that. I, I would have to look and see if we did any better in the second half. It was – Penix took whatever he wanted. You know, we didn't have any answer for him the whole night. I, I'm, I'm texting somebody yesterday with, with the opinion of this. If after watching those two games, you gave me the choice to never send back a punt returner, I wouldn't. I I, I would never send a punt returner back anymore. Yeah, in the Michigan game, that guy was just so amped up. You know, oh. he, he's a great punt returner, but you could see it. He took off, and I immediately, as soon as he took off, I knew he was going to have too much momentum. And there goes the ball. And, oh no, you know. And then in the Longhorn game, you know, it was just the same way. I mean, just stay, leave the ball alone. Just leave it alone. I'm not returning a punt. Uh, I, and I said this, I think, yesterday in our text back and forth. I think it's the most important play in a football game anymore. That turnover is such a momentum builder or crusher. Yep. Washington was 
feeling like they had control of that game last night before they muffed that punt. Longhorns went down, scored, and tied it up, and it made it a lot tighter game, I felt. Oh, yeah. Uh, that really kept us in it and, you know, gave us a chance until the, uh, the very end there. Oh, they had a chance all the way to the very end. To the last second. That was crazy. <laughs> you know, so many things have to go right. You know, just like as a Longhorns fan, uh, you know, we've had really talented teams before that didn't get this chance. And so everything just worked and fell into place. Uh, the Husky getting injured there and saving us like 30 seconds on the clock. And it's just – it's really – it's really soul crushing to lose this opportunity, knowing you know uh, when will we get there again. And so I'll be yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, the last minute or so, it was crazy. You know, this is kind of. I'm not a Horns fan, okay? Not a Cowboys fan. So most of my enjoyment comes from the pain of others who live around here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. You've had a good couple of decades, man. That's good. And, and so as, as, as the horns are facing the end of this game, and you're right, the running back for Washington gets hurt, and the clock stops probably what would have been another 25 or 30 seconds off the clock. The clock freezes. And I'm looking at my wife saying, you got to be kidding me. The horns are going to come back and steal this, and Lance is going to be unlivable tomorrow. Yeah. Because there's no way in the world they should have a chance to come back at this thing. But you're right. That's the first step of what were a handful of things that all of a sudden made you feel like the Longhorns have a chance. The guy runs into the uh, returner on a fair catch. There's 15 more yards added to Texas's attempt to try to go down and score. Yeah, it really felt like a uh, fairy tale ending <laughs> there for a minute. And then turned into and a then, nightmare? Yeah, then it turned into a nightmare. <laughs> then it was just status quo for the Longhorns or Cowboys, yeah. Well, well no, no, we're not getting to the Cowboys yet. <laughs> so this season then fell short of getting to the championship, success or failure for the year? Oh, no, huge, huge success. I mean, we lost to Kansas, I think, uh, two years ago. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, huge success, and uh, I'm, ga- I'm glad we, you know, we put on a good fight there at the end. All right, so uh, moral victories are sometimes all the Cowboys or Longhorn fans have, and so, yeah, I'm still proud of the season. I still enjoyed it. Uh, Sark, uh, I've got so much faith in him uh, going forward. We'll see what he can do with a little arch, but, uh, yeah, huge success. Ewers back or no? Yeah, Ewers, I mean, if you watched the game last night, one of those guys looked like an NFL quarterback and the other guy did not. And so, I mean, wow. uh, I think Ewers has to stay another year, in my opinion. So Arch sits for another year. Yeah, I think so. And they pay him enough to keep him there for another year? Yeah, if you saw him on the sideline, he, he looked 15 years old last night. There is <laughs> no way. There's no way he is ready to run this team. And so, yeah, he needs to sit another year make another million or whatever he's getting, and uh, just I, learn. I thought one of the great pictures of this year mm. was the press mm. conference or media day on the field when Ewers is sitting at an empty table while the entire media horde is around Arch Manning. And he's looking back over he's his shoulder looking over like, his shoulder what, what the heck, man? I'm yeah. the starting quarterback for the Longhorns. There's not one single person talking to me. But listen, I think that's good for Ewers, you know, coming from where he came from, the number one recruit, going to Ohio State, you know, uh, leaving high school early and everything. So I think it's just another thing on his journey that's going to make him better in the long run is, you know, knowing that, you know, all the – fans and everything that's fickle that can go uh, stay or go and so like this year I think he had a big improvement so let's say maybe he'll come back next year working harder more motivated so you don't think he was NFL ready comparing him to Penix last night just the arm strength and the throws that he was making I mean Penix did you know his touch on the ball you know and that one touchdown where he fired it in there you know like a Clayton Kershaw fastball you know he threw it in there and so I I don't see uh, Ewers making those same throws. Thoughts? Yeah, I think Penix proved why uh, he was so disappointed he didn't win the Heisman. I mean, I, that's who I thought should have won the Heisman. Yep. Yeah. There is a definite West Coast bias against uh, West Coast quarterbacks because the voters aren't up when those games, all those games are on. And uh, Washington proved, or uh, he proved that he should have won the Heisman. And it also shows why Washington and teams out West are coming east to go play in games because they're going to get more eyeballs on them and that's 
what these super conferences are creating. Yeah, you know, they're already out recruiting quarterbacks and players that are about to graduate. We know Nix is going to leave Oregon. We know that Penix is leaving Washington. They're already starting the process, and we're going to come back around in, in segment two and talk a little bit about NIL and recruiting and where this thing goes because Saban again let you know, of course, let it fly again this week, and and I'm starting to believe rightfully so. I'm I'm becoming more and more on the on the side of the fence that says this is bad for college football. It's just at the moment it's been good. Guys like this have been able to make a move, and Washington stayed relevant from last year and got better. Oregon, same thing, but it just feels like the Aggies, for instance have taken a massive exodus out of College Station to go to other places. As a Longhorn fan, you're happy about that. But as a college football fan, where Jimbo had recruited such great classes for two or three years. But Jimbo's gone. Jimbo's gone. But now a lot of these guys are leaving too. It just feels like you hit, and now the guys you didn't recruit when they were in high school are all of a sudden, you're getting a second chance to get them as you get better. And the schools that actually recruited them with a hope of making themselves better lose those guys to programs that continue to ascend. Right. It's like the wild, wild west. You know, there, there's no there's no regulation. So, you know, I'm going to go into the transfer portal. I can still stay where I am. Sure. Okay, so somebody's offering me $3 million to go play as a quarterback. Are you going to match it school that I'm at or are you just going to let me walk? And so, you know, it just depends on what those boosters are going to do and how much they can ante up the money. Yeah, and hopefully it'll uh, stabilize some because it really has hurt the bowl season, especially with all the transfers right before, like the Florida State team that was out there. That was just – That wasn't the Florida State team that was out there. (laughs) That really – I mean, that's that's a great point bringing it in. But it really wasn't the Florida State team. And I know a lot of folks, I, mean, I watched some of that game and just went, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this is dreadful. And even first half, yeah, before Georgia went on the 35 nothing second quarter, thinking Georgia's going to drub these guys. You just could tell early on that Georgia had most of their guys and it looked like it, and Florida State was missing most of their guys, and it was obvious. And so people that were coming up afterward going, ah, oh, see, you were right, Florida State had no business being there. That was not Florida State that you saw against Georgia. No, and it was predominantly Georgia. Right. You know, so you, when you have almost 30 guys that either transferred out or decided not to play because they're going to the NFL, I mean, that kills your program. Yeah. That well, just kills you. And I don't know how you even recover from that. You're, you're out recruiting. Now, we've had early signing day week and a half ago. They've still got, you know, actual <laughs> signing day the 1st of February. Yep. If I'm any recruit out there that was watching that – and saying, okay, well, I was thinking Florida State was maybe going to be my place. Yeah, I don't know. Now, they did get the, the quarterback from Oregon State, yes. Ugalele, yeah. who's, who's going to, to commit to Florida State. But I don't know that if I'm a high school senior and I just watched that happen, I want to be part of that for long. And it's the reason why Florida State is trying to get out of the ACC. Right there. But see, I don't, but I don't get that. Oh. I, I, for the life of me, don't – we'll have to come back because we're about yeah. to hit a break. I, for the life of me, though, don't get – Florida State now saying I need to get out of the ACC when they're about to be 12 playoff teams, and if you finish first or second in the ACC, you're automatically in. It, it, I, mm. Mm. I struggle with this one. Mm, okay. All right. Now we're going to take a break here in just a minute. By the way, it's uh, it's Dodger Danny Williams. It's Longhorn Lance Kyles as we're hanging out today. Uh, first day back after an extended uh, holiday break. Went to Wisconsin. Saw a little bit of snow. One morning, got a little snow when I woke up. By noon, it was gone. It is, uh, it's global warming out there. Mm-hmm. Although we're supposed to be colder this week, we're talking about a freeze warning tomorrow night. So who knows? For the ESPN crowd, uh, we welcome you. If you are a, a fan of the Feinbaum Show and others that are going on on ESPN, you're going to get us every afternoon at five o'clock for one hour, and we'll go back to ESPN programming. However, we're going to make sure that people understand if you are listening for the rewind, which we do on. On uh, this station, on Fox, at, uh, at 7 o'clock in the morning, or CBS, rather, Fox, at uh, uh, 7 to 8 o'clock in the morning, that is not going to be replayed on uh, ESPN. So we'll only do it on our uh, 107.9 signal. A lot going on there. We're going to take a break. i got music. We're coming right back. Leaving the yard. Chuck Zach on the fan and on ESPN.
Here's NASCAR Hall of Famer, Mark Martin. As a race car driver for 40 years, I survived a lot of crashes. Not everyone can run into a wall at 200 miles an hour and walk away. Without a seatbelt, I wouldn't be alive today. Now I'm retired, back home in Arkansas driving my pickup. I'm shocked how many people aren't wearing seatbelts. Why risk your life when it only takes two seconds to buckle up? Take it from number six. Buckle up, Arkansas. A message from the Arkansas State Police Highway Safety Office. When it comes to a gun suicide attempt, all it takes is a moment. My son, Ricky, took his life by the use of a firearm. It broke me, and I contemplated suicide. My grandson, I was going to have to be here for him. I still own my firearm. I keep it in a safe because I want to keep my grandson and myself safe. Store your guns locked, unloaded, and away from ammo. Hear more safe stories at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At 4 in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full-time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Right now, our country feels divided, but there's a place where people are coming together. I gotta tell you, I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too, but I'm glad we are. Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and life experiences come together through conversation, and it feels good. Wow, your story is so... uh, Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) When people actually sit down, talk, and listen to one another, they can break down boundaries and connect as human beings. At lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step, you can listen to amazing, life-changing conversations and find simple tools to start a conversation of your own. I know one thing. This conversation gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope, too. Take a step toward bringing our country and your community together by having the courage to start a conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. This is Leaving the Yard with Chuck Zack, presented by Liberty ILO ISD and our studio sponsor Eagle Distributing on 107.9 The Fan. All righty, welcome back. About 19 minutes after the hour, leaving the yard. Chuck Zach back after a little vacay, hanging out with Longhorn Lance Kyles, Dodger Danny Williams, as we are uh, working our way through a very, very busy weekend. And uh, we appreciate the folks who are joining us on 105.9, the ESPN uh, signal, because we are working diligently, waiting for a piece of equipment to come in. But uh, University of Arkansas now is in the family with us. And so on Saturday, Razorback basketball is uh, tipping off. They've got an SEC matchup at uh, 1 o'clock against Auburn. We'll keep you apprised on uh, all of our equipment acquisitions. And if all goes like it's supposed to, that game will be on 105.9 on Saturday afternoon. So we got lots uh, going on as we work our way through a busy start of a brand new year. We got the uh, championship game next week. Uh, Rick Minter and Jesse Minter and uh, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan Wolverines with a, uh, I won't say convincing. They were the they were the better team than Alabama. But uh, for the longest time, I was thinking we're going to have a Bama Texas rematch of the opening of the season, and won't that be fun? And instead, Michigan. Which may go wire to wire. They may just end up having been the, well, not wire to wire. They may end up being the best team, though, this year that just seems to manage to win when uh, they had a pretty light schedule to begin with. They beat Ohio State when they needed to. Unlike last year where they got humiliated by TCU, this year they uh, they beat Alabama. They set themselves in a position right now to, uh, A, get themselves a national championship, and B, 
send maybe Jim Harbaugh to the NFL and see maybe send Jesse Minder to some very, very lucrative payday, if not staying in Ann Arbor, maybe someplace else. Yeah. All right, so if given the chance, Michigan-Washington, early line, who do you like? Early line's four and a half. For the Wolverines. Well, yeah, Wolverines are given, favored by given four, four and a half. half. Yeah, um, I'm going to keep the faith in Jesse Minner's defense and go blue and look at Michigan try to stop them. I mean, they really invested – uh, heavily in that defensive line, and I think that's going to be huge. They were able to keep, uh, you know, um, Alabama's quarterback in line, and I think they can do the same with Michael Penix. And so, if they can do that, then uh, they're they're going to have a decent shot to win. No, uh, you know, obviously, I'm really biased after seeing last night and thinking this uh, Penix walks on water, but uh, <laughs> just the throws that he made, I don't know what defense you go against them. So, no, I would. I would happily take Washington uh, for this game. And the four and a half points. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. Caleb Williams, Michael Penix. Who do you draft first? Well, that's a great question. That's why they pay me. <laughs> I've hated uh, Caleb Williams since he brought the Sooners back <laughs> against the Longhorns. You know, that last year Lincoln was there. So yeah. He was a true so, freshman. So, and, you got – I hate but, him for that, and I hate Michael Penix and, for know, beating Texas. I think uh, Caleb might have, you know, better, like, talent or skills, but – uh, boy, just Penix was a cool customer last night. He was so good. And so just I, I know it's still 24 hours since he destroyed my team. So, But right now I would say Penix. So yeah. I think uh, Copper has it. Uh, Penix is not even his second-rated no. quarterback. No, no Bro- uh, Brooke May is from North Carolina. Right. Yeah. So I don't understand that. Just from watching him play, I don't understand how anybody's ahead of Penix right now. And I think Penix mirrors Tua, but with an arm. Yeah. I mean, that's what he always reminds me. Tua throws a great ball, but he doesn't have that oomph behind it. And Penix just has a fastball like nobody's business. I'm not going to call it, you know, Brett Favre or anything like that. But he's got a hose, and he can put it on the put it on a dime. And just being a lefty, you know, we we had talked at length a, a while ago about not having lefties in the NFL, and now we have Tua, and we're going to have Penix. So it's going to be interesting. I like the fact that Washington's offense went very heavily to push the ball long. So many colleges right now almost look like they're doing West Coast offensive kind of stuff. We're going to go short, it's short, it's controlled, it's we don't want we don't want to expose a quarterback that doesn't have a good arm strength and can't get the ball down the field. I like the fact they're stretching defenses. Now, if you're a, if you're a Longhorn fan, you hate it from last night certainly. But just having the ability to watch of the four teams we saw play yesterday, it felt like Washington was the only one that had a dedicated, deep passing game that they were willing to go to. Didn't matter when. I, I thought they were weak in the red zone where they went away from throwing the football. They think they let the Longhorns get back in and we'll, we'll go 50, 60 yards and get into the red zone, and then we're just going to run the ball four times. I thought they were a little bit weak on short passing in the red zone, but I love the long passing game. I, they, they have a great receiver, and they've got a great armed quarterback, and why not use them? It reminds me a lot of the LaMichael James Oregon teams where they would score, and if they could score from 60 yards out, they were fine. They got in yep. the red zone. It was a little di- more difficult. Yep. But it's that stretch, like you said, stretch it, throw it deep, then those intermediate routes and the short routes are wide open. And so you do those bubble screens off of one that goes deep. I mean – those DBs are just having so much trouble. Either I got to stay way back. Now you got that bubble screen that's really going to work, or I'm going to play close and bump and run, and then the guy's just gone by you. So, uh, yeah, it was really awesome to watch, and it, it's really fun. It's really fun football. If I'm either one of these teams, which one's the most convinced of I'm disrespected? Because you're both going to try to use this. Michigan's going to get the whole, my coach got suspended multiple times and nobody thought we were good enough. And Washington's going to get, we're the West Coast team. We couldn't even get our quarterback the Heisman when he probably should have won it. Do they both walk in with this chip on their shoulder of I'm disrespected? Who's who's actually legitimately right about that? I think Washington, I mean, everybody, everybody penciled, UT into the, the finals. I mean, they didn't think Washington was good enough. Pac-12, you know, yeah. Pac-12 is Pac-12. You know, they're you know they're they're going away. They're not going to be there. All these things. So uh, interesting. But I think Washington has it. I mean, so what? Your coach wasn't there for six games. Okay, who did you play? You missed. He missed one, yeah. two good games. You know, all the other ones didn't really matter. And uh, for Michigan, you know, they have a real, you know, sense of entitlement or uh, 
You know, they were always says the Longhorn fan. Exactly, <laughs> the winningest program of all time. Says you know, the Cowboy fan. Yeah. <laughs> kind of the 1940s. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to going back to work seeing Miss Snell, a proud Michigan <laughs> fan. She's going to be rubbing it in my face all uh, next week. But, uh, yeah, I think the Michigan, you know, they feel it's the world against them. Not It's not a disrespect thing. I feel that they, uh, you know, just – I think they'll be fine, and uh, they'll both use that as motivation. I thought it was a cool dynamic this weekend when Ohio State played in the bowl game that they did and looked dreadful, losing to Missouri. Yes. Couldn't even score a touchdown. No, three points. And the guys from Michigan going like, yeah, I felt bad watching that because, I mean, that's not the team we beat. Right. They can't stand each other, but there was still a sense of that wasn't the Ohio State team that we played a month ago. Now, we got a fan, obviously, who listens to the show all the time, <laughs> sci-fi guy, who won't even say the word Michigan. It's that school oh, up no, north. Oh, really? <laughs> so if you get the dynamic of all that, not only does Michigan feel maybe entitled, but also then somewhat disrespected. Ohio State's gotten a lot of national attention over the years, the last five or six. Michigan's just starting to work their way back into having won three times in a row now beating Ohio State, being in the playoff for the last couple of times. I I don't know. I I think it's going to be Michigan that's going to try to convince themselves that they're the most disrespected. And that's that's Harbaugh's stick, too. I mean, that's the way it's always been. So, you know he'll he'll get them khakis you know nice and tight and start screaming at them boys that we deserve this and nobody wants us to win and Washington's the Cinderella and you know they the country wants them you know that's going to be his mo- motivational speech right. if I had to, if I had to guess at all. They're not a blue blood blue blood though. Can you imagine Michigan and Texas honestly? No, I mean that to well, me Michigan and anybody. I mean no Michigan and Texas to me was going to be now Michigan Alabama kind of came across course. that way. Uh, absolutely, it felt like they were heavyweights in right. Texas. Washington didn't feel like they were heavyweights. They felt like they were the undercard, right? And because of Washington, right? And Washington's defense all year was dreadful. It was like they would get a good stop on third down. And as I was watching that game last night, and they kept getting stops yeah. and kept getting stops, I was like, this is not. This you know this is, does not look good because you know the guru head coach that UT has just he fell flat. Right, that's our one uh, saving grace would be our offense, but yeah, it just <laughs> it seemed like we would get behind you know uh, the yardage and then just start pulling things out like you know uh, uh, Adonai uh, Mitchell and uh, Xavier Worthy. How many catches did they end up with? And you know some of that was just on the last drive. It was just a weird offensive game plan, you know. That sometimes everything would work perfectly, and then the next uh, series would be three and out. So. No, that's a good point. The, the offense for the Longhorns did seem to never really catch a good rhythm till the last couple of drives. They did feel a little bit discombobulated, and and we we I don't know anybody talked about it much this week, but it's been a month since these guys have played. That, that's kind of the weird thing. Some of these teams feel like it was just yesterday they played and they didn't miss a beat, and a lot of them struggled. It looked like to try to get themselves back in some kind of offensive rhythm in particular, having not been on a field against an opponent in 30 days. I, I thought Texas looked a little bit early on like they were not quite in a rhythm yet, whether it's an offensive game plan or whether it's a layoff of 30 days, whatever it was, because each team looks at it a little bit differently. It just fell for the horns. They, they struggled to get that rhythm going early enough to make him you know, have a chance to take this thing going away. And thank you for a muffed punt. Otherwise, they may have been blown out of that game. Yep, and uh, you know, then to have the dream scenario to get down there till the twelve and going into the end zone. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking, what Sark was thinking that first play where he threw the uh, the running back, a little swing uh, pass, uh, yeah, yeah. Swing pass to the running back, and you know, uh, but it's just I was believing the whole time. I was like, oh, it's the next one, and then uh, <laughs> when he threw the ball out of bounds, it reminded me of when. Uh, we were playing against Nebraska in the Big 12 championship game, and it was, I think it was uh, Colt McCoy had to throw the ball out of bounds, while, and Dom Kinsu was trying to get him, and he was just like, oh, you're counting these seconds. And so they gave us one more play. Right. And I thought, oh, okay, here it is. Here Same it is. Story. Texas is going to do it. We've been losing this whole game. 
and then no, nothing. Sadness. We'll talk fade to black. Talking about the last play, even if you go back to the Alabama Michigan game, everybody yep. was like, "Why did they do that run?" Well, right. it was an RPO, and they had this it set up on the outside for a swing pass with blockers, but that snap was so low right. that he couldn't he couldn't make the play. So you know, both games coming down to it, I, I thought it was great. It was it was good football. This is the first time we've had two good semifinal games. Give the cornerback from Washington some credit, sure, because oh, Mitchell's yeah. catch on the or the touchdown the drive before was just other or two drives ago, whatever it was, was otherworldly. Sure. Jumped too early, had amazing <laughs> hang time. Yeah. Basically has to pirouette 180 to get to a ball that the corner really had no chance at. Ewers didn't throw as good a ball this right. time. The corner played it better. And how about not going for the interception? I'm going to knock the ball away. I mean, it's just a really heady play. I, I heard people saying it should have been pass interference. No, it shouldn't have. No, no. It was a game. great yeah. play by a cornerback at a big moment. Sometimes guys make great plays. That was a great play. All right, we got to take a break. It's about 29 minutes till top of the hour. Leaving the yard, Chuck Zack, Dodger Danny Williams, Longhorn Lance Kyles. We're whipping through half the show. We haven't even talked about the Cowboys yet. Oh, man, that's coming next. You stick around. You're watching us. Here on 107.9, or listening to us, watching us on Facebook, and on 105.9 ESPN. Quick break. We're coming right back. Segment three on Leaving the Yard. was a pretty good year, especially for listeners who won prizes from us. Like that new pellet grill last spring or the Honda ATV in the fall. We gave away thousands of dollars in cash throughout the year and more gift cards, concert tickets, and Magic Springs passes than we can begin to count. And if you think we're slowing down, well, you're wrong. Out with the old, in with the new. After we clean up the New Year's confetti, we'll tell you how to win dough from us in 2024. Thanks for listening and Happy New Year. 107.9 The Fan. It is critical we keep AM radio in all cars and all trucks. Hey, Sean Hannity here. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio. It is the backbone of the emergency alert system, and that keeps us safe in dangerous times because when cell and Internet services are down, AM radio might be your only lifeline. Now text AM to the number 52886. Tell Congress that we need AM radio in our cars. Text AM to 528. 8-6 today. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying totally just shorter. As in I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Babes, what are you doing? What? I'm just mowing the lawn. No, it's blazing hot and dry out here. Don't you remember? Smokey Bear says... Avoid using power equipment when it's windy or dry. Where'd you learn this? Oh, it's on... SmokeyBear.com with many other wildfire prevention tips. Right! Thanks, honey bear. Because remember, only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. 1079 The Fan, weather forecast for the four states. 50% chance for some rain tonight, low 36 tomorrow, slight mention of showers before noon, then clearing high 51, widespread frost Wednesday night, low 30. Thursday, widespread frost, then sunny, high 51, mostly cloudy Thursday night, low 37. Listen anytime on your computer or your smart device through our website or with the Texarkana Media Center app from the Google Play or App Store. Leaving the yard on 1079 The Fan is 
presented by Liberty Ilo ISD and our studio sponsor, Eagle Distributing. We are back 25 minutes till top of the hour, leaving the yard. Chuck Zack, Dodger Danny Williams, Longhorn Lance Kyle's in here tomorrow. It'll be uh, Razorback Billy. Everybody's got a nickname. I'm the only one who ever a nickname. Everybody else has something. I'll be very careful. I don't end up getting what I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're listening to us, watching us here on the fan, 1079, as well as on ESPN 105.9, our first day of simulcasting on both stations which uh, we will keep you apprised. we got lots of stuff coming up uh, on uh, the ESPN signal as well as what we have on the fan already. All right, Cowboy fans, what a weekend. What an amazing weekend. Saturday, you get help from the officiating crew, <laughs> smack the Lions around. Well, maybe the official smack the Lions around. Sunday, you get help from the Cardinals. The Eagles lay an egg. You're back at the uh, top spot in the NFC East. Chance to have home field advantage all the way till the NFC Championship game. What could be better? Lance, this is your thing. This is your moment. Yeah, you know... (laughs) I'm trying to. It's giddy. I'm trying Giddy's to stay the word. calm. I'm You're not to, calm. You know, say that this is how it's going to work out. Maybe we'll make it past uh, the first round. But uh, yeah, those were two great gifts. The uh, the call. I don't know. Uh, the call by the official, and then the Cardinals. Uh, you know, doing that for us. And I don't know what's happening with Philadelphia. They looked uh, so much tougher, and now they're just. Uh, they're not what they were at the beginning of the season. They were they ten and worse. one. Now they've been one and four the last five yeah. games, and they're not. It's not like they're. Granted, they had San Francisco and they had Dallas. They had some tough games back to back, but and and no slight. I mean, I know the Cardinals lost to the, to the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals earlier this year. It's no slam to the Cardinals, but in Philadelphia, you're at home. At You've home. got a chance to basically wrap up the right. East and the second seed and put a bad four weeks behind you. You're out to a 21 to six lead at halftime and you let that game go completely away. I I have zero confidence. The Eagles will win a playoff game. Yeah. And it's, it's really crazy because their formula was working so well. And like, you know, what, what happened? What switch was flipped? You know, they still have the players. They still have the system, but they're just not executing like they were at the beginning of the season. I don't understand it. And and there's starting to be cracks in the armor. Of course. A.J. Brown's unhappy. They've been trying to hold this thing together. Sirianni's trying to hold it together. They're having issues on the sideline between players. It, it feels like the Eagles lost the mojo and are just to the place right now of, please let the season just be over. That's yeah. why I think they'll be one and done. This week's going to be huge. You know, I know it's kind of set, but they need to get out there and try to right the ship a little bit, at least if they play their starters in the first half and see how things go. The Eagles? Yeah. The Eagles need to be playing their starters I, all the way through. Right. I, I get it, but, you know, it's just if, you know, you also – you're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, you, you're right. You do need to start them the whole time. Yes. But But if you get the ship righted, you get a big lead, you can pull everybody, sing Kumbaya. And they had a big lead. Team. I understand that. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, but they do need a better positive heading into the playoffs. So they could, you know, if they win this weekend, maybe it'll do something see, for their psyche. I don't see it. I, I think they're so far. The only thing I think would work in their favor is if Washington somehow beat the Cowboys. Oh, if that if that happened, that. That can happen. flip them don't back around that. to winning the division, then maybe. But I feel like going in, they're going to be on the road, not in Philly. And maybe that's not a bad thing. They'll go down to Tampa or New Orleans instead, and maybe that'll be better for them on the road. But it just feels like that team's hoping the season's over so they can get this one behind them. And it's amazing how five weeks did that to them. Yeah, uh, so the Cowboys, yeah. We cannot (laughs) let Washington uh, be in this game when you get on them early. 
maybe leave uh, some draft order papers floating around. So they'll say, oh, it'd probably be better for us, you know, to lose this. Game. And it would be. It honestly right. would. Of course. And they play at the same time. So there's there's not going to be unless somebody gets way, way, way ahead you, with the writing on the wall. So they're both going to have to play to try to win it because there's such a big difference if you win the game and the other team does end up losing. Oh, is our game at noon? The three, no, three twenty-five. Both games. All right, I was worried they might show the Saints or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they probably will. You'll well, scrape and, by. and the Saints are playing for a playoff spot too. Mm. New Orleans, it's, it's Saints so, play at noon. So. Head to head, they probably would get New Orleans here because yep. Dallas has their spot already in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. New Orleans needs a Tampa loss to Carolina, which should not happen, and then they need to beat Atlanta. This is a weird thing, if if. Carolina beats Tampa and Atlanta beats New Orleans. It's Atlanta Atlanta. that wins that division, and they're seven and nine right now. That's crazy. Uh, Hopefully, Baker Mayfield can uh, lay another egg. (laughs) (laughs) They're paying him four million dollars a year, and he's playing how well? How much are you paying your quarterback? we're fixing, I think, next year. Renegotiate. Yeah. Yeah, like $50 million a year. I think it'll be 60 Unless <laughs> Penix falls in the draft, maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, late first round we can move up. Yeah, right. All right, now Lamar Jackson probably won the MVP. Sure. Last week with five more touchdowns. I, I don't see how Dak can catch him. No. no. Christian McCaffrey's sitting this week, supposedly, for the Niners. So he's not adding to his totals any. It feels like it's... Probably, and of course, we've seen injuries in in Tyreek Hill the last month or so. Purdy's been okay, but he crapped the bed. He crapped the bed against the Ravens. Ravens, It feels like if we're doing the MVP vote right now, sure, Lamar one, Dak two, McCaffrey three, Demarcus Lawrence four. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little biased. Just a little. Having a great year. Is, Is Dak number two or is McCaffrey two? No, I would go with Dak as number two. Well, Dak Caffrey's has had some crazy, crazy games. And so it's just – it's not the right era. It's not the right <laughs> for, era? Yeah, because yeah, they're for, right, cause they're force-feeding quarterbacks. That's like well. the big – that's what the boot has been online is everybody's force-feeding quarterbacks. Let's get it to somebody else. But, I mean, Lamar won it last week, like you said. I mean, he, he put himself right up there when he beat the 49ers at home or, or at, at in San Francisco, and then he came out and – Scored four, five touchdowns, and, and it's just icing on the cake. And if you want your head-to-head, Dallas played Miami a week ago, yep. and Dak struggled. Lamar plays them the next week, and Scores they win going away, what, 56-19 yep. and five touchdowns. Sure. That's the MVP's done. It's it's Lamar Jackson's. Absolutely. And Lamar and, and the, the Ravens have guaranteed themselves the one all the way yep. through in the AFC. It was a good – I thought – you know – I argued a month ago. I thought Dak should have been the favorite for the MVP at the moment, a month ago. Now, the last month has gone by, and he's had a couple of rough games, and they lost back-to-back games. And, and Lamar had a, you know epiphany the last month or so, as you said, beating the Niners, beating the Dolphins, where it's obvious he took that lead. But I'll be honest with you. I thought a month ago Dak had a legit shot of making the argument, oh, I'm the MVP in the league. No, yeah, this year he's been so much better, uh, so much better, smarter about getting the ball out earlier and, you know, uh, making good decisions. Look at his interception numbers compared to last year. And so, yeah, I thought this could have been a great year for him, but it's just it's not going to work out. But that doesn't matter. We're not about the MVP. We're about winning some playoff games, Uh, you know, letting Jerry (laughs) go out on a high here. Which, uh, Which team are you afraid to see in the playoffs? Is it like San, San Francisco? Francisco yeah. Obviously, that's uh, they've burned us so many times. Uh, but really, you know, if we're playing right, I'll go in there confident. Whoever we're playing, so I don't know. Aside from San Francisco, I don't know who else. Do I'm you want to match up with Detroit again? Boy, that was a good game. It was a very good game. And we'd be playing against Jared Goff, so there's always the chance that he'll screw something up. <laughs> but that's the Lions are playing against Dak, so it's the same thing. Not exactly the same thing. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, I would play Detroit again. That would be fine. I, You know, talking about playing against uh, Tampa Bay, uh, I hate, you know, having, having to cover Mike Evans and uh, Godwin. Anytime they right. have a big game, you know, they can uh, turn it on. And so, But you shouldn't see Tampa. Yeah, hopefully I mean, not. Dallas ought to finish off Washington. Right. They're going to be the two. We're going to take the break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the potential matchups. Because expecting 
San Francisco 1, which we know, Dallas 2, Detroit 3, Tampa 4. Who are they going to see as we work our way through the NFC playoffs? So we're going to take a break, last one of the afternoon, and we'll come back. Uh, don't forget, we got one more segment, and we are simulcast. So if you missed anything so far in this afternoon show, you can hear it again in the morning because we'll do the, uh, the uh, replay tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock on the Fan 107.9. Quick break, we're coming back. Listen to Leaving the Yard, Chuck Zack, Longhorn Lance Kyles, Dodger Danny Williams here on the fan. 107.9 and 105.9 ESPN. Bush Guide, cold and smooth survival skills. For a successful stint in the great outdoors, pack accordingly. Place heavy essentials near your spine for stability in rough terrain with light items near the bottom. Now, you may be wondering, where does the bush light go? In your stomach. Bush. Head for the mountains. Enjoy responsibly. Copyright 2023, Anheuser-Busch, Bush Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. 911, call if you can. Text if you can't. 911 cannot accept pictures or videos, but make sure you let them know the emergency and your exact location. Use simple language, no abbreviations or slang. Text 911 is now available in 10 counties in the area. Lamar, Delta, Hopkins, Red River, Franklin, Titus, Morris, Bowie, Cass, and Miller counties. If you can't call 911, text 911. This public safety announcement brought to you by the Arctic's Council of Governments. Guess who? It's me, your radio. So today we're going to go to the email bag and answer some of your questions. Let's start with this one from Mike. He writes, Dear Radio, I run a small car dealership in town, and I'm looking to get more customers. Do you have any suggestions? Well, Mike, to be successful, you need to reach out to new customers. Radio's reach is number one, and radio's ROI is the best of all media. You get more bang for your buck with me, your radio. Okay, our next email inspired by Fluffy, the boss's cat. It's from Beatrice. She writes, I like my cat Precious to be clean, so I bathe her often. The problem is she takes too long to dry. Do you have any suggestions? Beatrice, we checked with some cat experts. They all said never throw Precious in the clothes dryer. And if you think using a clothes line is better, not so much. Visually hilarious, might go viral, but not the right thing to do. Could be a catastrophe. Find out how Texarkana Media Center can help your business grow with radio. Go to TexarkanaMediaCenter.com for more information on radio advertising. I'm Rex Nelson. As a native Arkansan, I take pride in our state's natural beauty. And as someone who has been in all 75 counties, I've seen how prevalent litter is across our state. It's time for people to clean up our state for those who live here and to enhance Arkansas's image for those wanting to visit. Let's clean up Arkansas. Visit KeepArkansasBeautiful.com to do your part and get involved. This message brought to you by this station, the Arkansas Broadcasters Association, and the Keep Arkansas Beautiful Commission. What is dedication? The thing that drives me every day as a dad is Dariana. We call him uh, Day Day for short. Every day he's hungry for something, whether it's attention, affection, knowledge. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that when he's no longer under my wing, that he's a good person. I think the advice I would give is you don't need to know all the answers. The craziest thing was believing that your dad knew everything. So as a dad, you felt like you had to know everything. You had to get everything right. It's okay to make mistakes. As long as it's coming from love, then, you know, it kind of starts to work itself out. I want him to be able to sit back one day and go, we worked together, we did a good job. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. What's going on in the Twin Cities? It's the fans The Fourth State's Youth Flyers currently covers Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana and provides youth 8 to 18 the opportunity to go flying and to educate kids of available jobs. Donations can be made at www.the4statesyouthflyers.org. Call 603-417-4000 for more information. You're listening to Leaving the Yard on 107.9 The Fan. Brought to you by Liberty ILO ISD and our studio sponsor Eagle Distributing. 
All righty, welcome back. Ten minutes till top of the hour. Leaving the yard, Chuck Zach here on the fan, 107.9 and 105.9 ESPN. Longhorn Lance Kyles, Dodger Danny Williams. Oh, we're missing baseball coach or two. Yep. You got one, but you're, you're looking for the main guy. I'm looking for the guy. The guy. Yeah. yeah the guy. We should have let him know we had a meeting going on here. <laughs> he, he He'd have been late anyway. Yeah, That's all right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he's probably mowing the field. Yeah, whatever. All right, we have one segment to go here. Cowboy potential first-round matchups. Let's do it this way. Dallas beats Washington. Cowboys have the number two seed. Means Philadelphia is the automatic five. They'll get the winner of the South. Tampa, New Orleans, Atlanta, flip a coin. It's going to be one of those three. Rams clinched a playoff spot this weekend. That's bad memories. (laughs) I I don't like thinking about that one. So at the moment, the Rams are the six, which means they would get Detroit in the first round of the playoffs. However, here's where it gets squirrely. Rams have to play San Francisco this week. 49ers have nothing to play for. They've already clinched all the way out. They know know they're the home field all the way in the the, uh, NFC. So they don't have to play anybody. But it's a division game. If you don't like the Rams, which San Francisco doesn't, you want to beat Los Angeles. Los Angeles already clinched a playoff spot. The only difference is which team are we going to play in the first round and how much of their their personnel do they sit. So let's just make this assumption that the Rams are going to win. The seven seed would get the Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs. If Green Bay beats Chicago, the Packers are the seven seed. They come to Dallas for the first round of the playoffs. Oh, that would be some sweet, sweet revenge <laughs> for about three different times y'all put us out. Oh, that would be great. But then the Seahawks still have a chance. If but the, no, Green if Bay Green has Bay to loses. lose. Right. Green Bay has to lose. If Green Bay wins, then Green Bay goes to Dallas. If Green Bay wins and L.A. loses to San Francisco – Green Bay is going to Detroit, and the Rams are coming to Dallas for the first round. Yeah, no, I'll take Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Green you Bay. take Green Bay. Yeah, uh, that would be let's let uh, <laughs> let's let y'all's quarterback Jordan Love. <laughs> introduce him to uh, our Michael Parsons. That'll be good. Yeah, I'll take. That's that. the matchup you want. Yeah, you want the Packers. I, man, don't I ask for it. Don't ask I, for it. I remember about five years ago, I was really confident. You were so very I, confident. I bet you uh, on Tiger Vision, our did. school uh, television program, the loser of the game would get to smash or would get have a, a a coconut pie smashed in their face by the winner of the game. And so you got and to And had smash. to wear the other school, the other uh, team's uniform. Yeah, I don't think it was the Dez Catch game. It was uh, one it of those should have been, though. Y'all. Uh, Aaron Rodgers eked it out on this last second. Yeah, it was that field goal at the end after ah. the, the fourth down, and whatever, the and then the pass week, on the sideline. missed that same exact field goal. Yeah. So, but anyway, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. There's a lot of bitterness there. And Always so, bitter. Yeah, let's uh, bring the Packers in. Let's try to win one. Now, <laughs> that, that being said, I, I have zero faith they're actually going to beat Chicago. They were in the same place last year and lost to Detroit, knocked them out of a chance to get into the playoffs. If Green Bay's out – and Seattle manages to win, then the Seahawks come back, and it's potentially the Seahawks in Dallas in the first round. Or if the Seahawks lose and the Packers lose, and Minnesota wins, and Minnesota becomes the seven. So you really have four choices, Seattle, Minnesota, Green Bay, and Los Angeles, the the Rams. I think really the only one of those that scares me is Los Angeles. The Rams, yeah. would be the one I would worry about. Because old Matty Stafford comes home and yeah. beats the Cowboys. See, I thought Seattle played Dallas real well, too. Yeah, they did. The first, I mean, it, 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 to me, it feels like Detroit, Seattle, and the Rams all have the possibility of ups, – and they would be upsets because they'd sure. all be underdogs – of upsetting the Cowboys even back in, in Jerry's world. The others, I don't feel I, – I, I'm not worried about Philly. I don't think Green Bay has enough this year to be able to do anything. The South team isn't going to beat the Cowboys. They're not going to get past the first round anyway, I don't think. No. I, I just don't see that the matchup for Dallas could be really good and set you on a path of back-to-back or 
could be really bad and have you out the first round, which would be catastrophic. <laughs> catastrophic is right, yes. I don't know if we'd do a whole teardown, but that would be that'd be terrible. You fire Mike McCarthy if they're out in the first round? I mean, I would, but does Jerry have time for another rebuild? You know, It doesn't have to be a rebuild. You just hire a new coach. Or just promote your defensive coordinator. Mm, oh, that'd be interesting. But then you lose your defensive coordinator. Yeah, but uh, that would be interesting if we uh, put that focus on, I don't know, if we lost in the first round, would we extend Dak? I don't know. That would be crazy. Wow. Let's not worry about it. Let's no, but there's a lot of in. there's a lot of intriguing questions there. If indeed the worst thing could happen, does that mean tear down? Like here we are. This is as good as it gets. We won the NFC. We're the number two seed, and we're out in the first round. Coach, quarterback, DC, potentially all could be not necessarily all gone, but DC could be getting another head coaching job someplace Somewhere else, if else. not in yep. Dallas. Head coach could be replaced just because Jerry's run out of patience with him and really saw, again, last week, bad clock management at the end of a game. And Dak may not be looking at a long-term contract, even though he could be the number 2 MVP. Yeah, well, like Parcells used to say, you are what your record says you are. And if we you know, can't make it past the second playoff game for however many years this is, you know, that's who we are. And so we might need something new. 12-win season's pretty good. This is the Dallas Cowboys. We're a championship team. You're not, not a championship. Not a, what are you talking we about? Five, when was five the last time you won? Who one? has? Uh, well, it was the, during the '90s. A really. <laughs> None, were any time. of your kids born uh, during this time period? No, I was. Any of I your twelve kids were? Cows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, listen. The '90s were just like yesterday. Okay, and so again. We're uh, just like you had no gray hair yesterday. <laughs> and Bill Clinton days. was president. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Clinton. Uh, and so, yeah, you're right. We haven't recently won, but for uh, the NFL, we are the top tier of championship level teams. Wow. We're you, blue blood, just like Michigan. What would you think of, of uh, Jimmy and Jerry on Saturday? You know, what, 10 years too late or whatever, but it was really nice. Seeing all those guys out there that really uh, – was great to see all the players and then you know Jimmy and Jerry just you know mellowing out and yeah. not uh having to have all the credit realizing that it did take a whole team a whole group to do what they did Jer Jerry trying to bury that hatchet so that he gets that good karma back on his side to try to get them to the Super Bowl yeah apparently I guess it's a Netflix special they're fixing to release right. and so they had to have everything filmed you would this season you would think with that all going on that Jerry would find a sport coat that fit <laughs> He's the worst dressed billionaire I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, well, uh, I guess that was when, terrible. When you have that much money, maybe people don't tell you. you know, Your coat doesn't you. fit. Mr. Have you Jones? seen the Raiders owner? I mean, he has the oh, best haircut on the face of the earth. Yeah, but he's not. I mean. <laughs> He has bad hair taste. And a okay? turtleneck every game. Right, because that's Al. That was Al's kid. And, yeah. and Al. Sure. But Jerry. Somebody around Jerry's got to say, like, hey, Dad, that coat looks like it's a little big. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we need to get you one. I mean, how did Troy get a coat that was so so much larger than it should have been? This is the Dallas freaking Cowboys. How do you have on the Ring of Honor Day guys with the wrong size coat you gave them? Yeah, they did. We would think a, a Taylor in Dallas could handle all that, but no. <laughs> a Lawrence that's Taylor that's in that's Dallas? Hey. No, not at all. <laughs> Michael Parsons, not Lawrence Taylor. By the way, before we get out of here today, Xavier Benson, former Pleasant Grove Hawk, uh, announcing uh, yesterday he is taking his talents to the NFL. So it's intriguing to keep an eye on Zay and see if uh, April is kind to him and if a NFL team comes calling or if – Maybe his route is going to be through free agency and uh, and maybe sign on that way. So that's one we want to make a note of as well. We're out of time for today. I got music already. Doucher, Danny, great seeing you again. We'll definitely do this again. Thanks for having me. Longhorn Lance, what do you think? Uh, check it off my bucket list. This was awesome. Thanks for bringing me in. Y'all were great. It was as good as you imagined, wasn't it? I will never listen to this episode <laughs> ever. <laughs> I don't want to know. We will be playing it in the halls of exactly Texas High forever. Right. don't want to know. <laughs> we're done for today. You guys take it easy. We'll see you again tomorrow here on Leaving the Yard on The Fan and on ESPN. If you missed any of today's show, get it on demand anytime on the fan1079.com and catch the replay of today's Leaving the Yard tomorrow morning at 7 right here 
on KCMC Texarkana, 1079 The Fan.